to the Steelers by the Lake Podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner, all the way from Texas. How are you doing this fine Tuesday evening, oh. Cody? James, we're fantastic, and you were holding up the you were holding up the terrible towel there, the American flag terrible towel. We're recording on a Tuesday because yesterday was Memorial Day. We wanted to take the day off uh, and kind of just say thank you. We remember those who, you know have unfortunately lost their lives fighting for our freedom because freedom isn't free, James. Uh, and that's something that not. we need to remember and be thankful for and, and everything like that. So thank you for those of you that are listening. If you've served our country or um, if you know anybody or have a relative that has lost their lives for our country, we thank you uh, and thank them for their services and uh, are with, with all of you in celebrating, uh, you know, all of that and remembering uh, them for sure. So, James, how are you? I'm good. I'm decent. I'm all right. You, I mean, you know how I am. The world knows how I am. It's okay. We'll get to that. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, you've been screaming it from the rooftops, buddy. Uh, not loud enough yet. I'm just waiting to get the A-OK. But uh, <laughs> living the dream over here. Living the That's good. dream, as uh, some people would say. <laughs> well, I'm doing well also, buddy. The uh, puppies are getting pretty big. They're almost six weeks old now. So. Exciting times around here. It's tough to have a bad day when there's puppies in the house. I'll tell you that. That's fair. Um, I'll give you that. But you know who else is having a tough time having a bad day right now? Probably the Cleveland Browns. No, they have bad days all the time. That's fair. Just fair. The way that works. <laughs> fair. Uh, Dan Moore Jr. Ooh. That's who's having a tough time having a bad day right now because there's a big difference between how people approach a situation. Uh, you can you can go up against adversity and you can kind of roll over and say, well, whatever, I guess, you know, I'm not going to get the good end of things this time around. Or you can go back to the grind. You can work your tail off and show what you're really made of. And Dan Moore Jr. at OTAs is in better shape than he's been in previous years. And, of course, you always hear this sort of thing. Oh, my goodness. But, like, there is a legitimate noticeable difference. Uh, he's up from 310 to 317, uh, but he says he's probably about 20 pounds of muscle heavier than he was before. Which is really, great. Yeah, he really looked a lot leaner to me, which is even crazy that he's actually heavier than he was before. Uh, and he's running with the first team uh, early on here in OTAs at left tackle. And I like it because you're making Broderick Jones earn it. He's a rookie. He's done nothing in the league yet. You got to make him earn it. I do think that Broderick Jones will overtake him at some point in time, but I absolutely love the approach from Dan Moore Jr. Uh, he's really saying all the right things and telling reporters that he's, he's willing to play wherever the Steelers want him, whether it be the left side, the right side, at a different position from tackle, whatever they want him to do. Uh, so absolutely love the attitude from Dan Moore Jr. on this. Yeah, and here's what I'll say about that, because I think that some people are confused about how football happens or the draft works or especially how Pittsburgh operates. Just because they invested uh, a first-round pick and traded up for it with Broderick Jones does not mean he's the instant starter. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Moore has if, – if, if Dan Moore has a phenomenal – uh, you know, preseason with OTAs and practices and preseason games in general, there's a chance that Dan Moore starts the season at left tackle. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities by any means. Now, again, Broderick Jones, if he comes in, he has the, the, the stature 
and the strength to, to, you know, do all this stuff. And if he learns slowly behind Dan Moore and with the coaching staff and from the other offensive linemen, different techniques and stuff like that. Sure. Should he take over by probably mid season, end of the year? Yes. Like that's why they invested the first round pick on him. And don't be surprised if Dan Moore plays a different position. He's open to doing that. Like you just said, uh, but it's, Broderick Jones is not the instant starter week one left tackle. That's just not the way that's going to work. So, nope. And that's how Pittsburgh operates. Nope. And I love it. I love it. Absolutely and, love it. And in, on the flip side, if Dan Moore just looks okay in the preseason and Broderick Jones looks absolutely amazing, well, then, hey, you start him week one. Uh, but he's got to earn it. And 100%. Pittsburgh will make him earn it. Um, what I love about this is the, the attitude that Dan Moore has about this means that when Pittsburgh goes jumbo set and brings on that sixth offensive lineman, I, it's like 99% sure it's going to be Dan Moore. And he's a friggin' mauler in the run game. It was last year, and now he's bigger and stronger than he was last year. Uh, so that is a really exciting idea of the possibility of Dan Moore being the sixth offensive lineman in those jumbo sets. And if it's not him... It's Darnell well, Washington. <laughs> well, and it might be Broderick Jones is the sixth guy if he's just not the starter yet. Yep. So yep. Uh, still a butt kicker in the run game and uh, all good no matter how you look at it for those two guys. The, the competition level against each other, I'm really excited about that. Now, the reason that this is so exciting to me and why it's all about how you handle adversity uh, is because of how Kevin Dotson, unfortunately, has handled his situation. Uh, Isaac Siamalu, the free agent guard that Pittsburgh got from Philadelphia, uh, did run with the first team right away at left guard. Kevin Dotson was moved to second team, which I think everyone expected. Yeah. Uh, but he had an interview where he kind of explained how the offseason went for him. Uh, he, he explained how they went and signed Nate Herbig, and he got a phone call from the offensive line coach. And the offensive line coach told him, hey, don't worry about it. We signed Nick to be a, a depth piece to be a quality backup that can back up either side. Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with your position. And then they went and signed Isaac Ciamalo, and he said he still hasn't heard from the coaching staff. Well, Nobody ever called him. So he's real salty about it. Uh, and then he went as far as to say, uh, he said, I'm not naive. When you pay a man, you pay him because you're going to play him. Yep. And, uh, and that's realistic. But at the same point in time, get your head out of the sand, ostrich. You still have an opportunity 100%. to show people what you're made of. 100%. Is Did they sign Isaac Ciamalo to start him? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but when you go around town moping like that, it's a real bad look for you. And, uh, and it's a real bad look for future suitors, too, yeah. because you're probably not going to get re-signed in Pittsburgh now. And I'll and, say this, I'll say this before, I don't mean to cut you off, but I don't no, necessarily think, I didn't hear the interview, I don't know specifically Damn. how his vo vocal cords were or whatever, or how he enunciated things, whatever. There's so much that goes into how you, how you um, lay words out there. Now, it's not always what you say, it's how you say it. Uh, there's a chance that he's just acknowledging this. And, and James, I don't know yeah. if you heard this, I don't know if you heard it or not. There's a chance he's not moping. There's a chance he's going into this with a very good attitude. The problem is, it just, in my opinion, it just means he's not a vocal leader, which is fine. Some people are, some people aren't. Uh, a vocal leader in this situation would be like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and, and I'm going to do the best I can, do the best I can for this team to win. And if that's pushing the new guy to be better and be behind him, that's fine. If that's being better than him myself and getting myself to that point, that's fine. Uh, and James, I don't remember we talked about this when we signed him. Uh, Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's brother, who plays on the Eagles at the, at, at the center position, uh, said that yeah. this was the smartest guy he's ever played with. 
Yeah. So I don't, he's got nothing but great things to say about yeah. Isaac Siamalo. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Yeah. But again, I don't, I don't know what Kevin Dotson, how he was saying it. Obviously we know what he said. Um, but there's a still an opportunity for him to go out there and perform, perform well. He, you, anyone can win a starting job. You just got to do the work. You know what I mean? Um, and in, in interior depth is so important. Um, uh, if, if the thought process was that Nate Herbig was only good enough to be Kevin Dotson's backup, then Kevin Dotson would be by default the top backup interior offensive lineman. Uh, I would think this is an opportunity for you to prove maybe you can snap the ball. Mason Cole is not the long-term solution. He's like 29 years old. If you say, hey, I want to show you guys that I can snap the ball, maybe after this season's up and Mason Cole's contract's up, they say, hey, Kevin Dotson could be a dominant center. Just you got to think outside of the box. Sometimes 100%. you got to be willing to do things. And that's where I say that it's just so different because Dan Moore was like, Hey, if you need me to be the kicker, I'll do it. You're like, I'll yeah. do anything. Yeah. And Kevin Dotson's like, well, they don't want me on the field. And here's the other thing I'm going to say <laughs> no. with that. This could, this could a hundred percent be a, a sports psychology move on the, on the coaching staff here. You, you know, yeah. they could have easily known they were trying to acquire both of these guys. And he said, you know what? We'll sign this guy. I'm going to call him, let him know he's a backup. And not to worry, yeah. but then when we sign this other guy, I'm going to let him soak in it. I'm going to let him sulk for a little bit and and realize yeah. I got to, you know, put the work in now. And so, th- I mean, it yeah. could, it could I could be overlooking that completely, but I, my sport, I took a sports psychology class and psychology and all this stuff in college. And my brain just does that stuff naturally, like thinking about how they could be playing mm-hmm. with his mind. How do we get the best out of this guy? Sometimes it's you call a player out. Sometimes it's you 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 call him out in private or you call him out in, in front of the team and some – guys respond well to those things maybe kevin dotson's just a guy that we put him in a situation where we're not going to talk to him but he knows what's up <laughs> yeah so we'll have to wait Very and see what well could be yeah we talked about yeah he, he hope- just, go ahead no hopefully he he just keeps his nose to the grind shows what he's made of and has a nice preseason yeah because uh, he could still get himself a nice big contract from somebody outside of Pittsburgh, or like I said, maybe even shows his position versatility. If he can show that he can snap the ball, hey, man, you could probably be a better center than what Mason Cole is because you're physically more yep. gifted than him. 100%. 100%. And, I mean, we're talking about the center position. Kendrick Green uh, is already listed as center two right now or was taking yep. uh, snaps at center with the second-team offense. So right there, there's another interior d- depth guy that's kind of being pushed back. And this is an opportunity to Kevin Dodson say, hey, if I want to make sure I have a job on this team or make sure I want to let me get good at center, let me get good at another position. There's options here. Yeah. I mean, he's been on the team for three years now. He knows that you know, the Kendrick Green stinks. Yep. <laughs> yep. Realistically, I'm sure he would be a good teammate that would never say that in in public and in, in probably never say it outside of his own home. Uh, but he knows that he's a better offensive lineman than Kendrick Green. Go show it on the field, man continue your 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 furthering your education your your ability to play different positions uh and take his job yeah yeah go do it speaking of a job that's up for grabs james the nickel corner position uh has quite the question Mm -hmm. mark on it moving forward and uh we had a new guy step up here james you want to talk about him yeah, Shandon Sullivan, the free agent that Pittsburgh signed from the Minnesota Vikings previously. Uh, apparently last year, not his best year. The year before was pretty solid. 
Uh, and he's still young enough that I wouldn't be super concerned about one down here. Uh, seems to be an upgrade over Arthur Mollette in the uh, past defense game. Uh, Arthur Mollette also posting a bunch of stuff online lately. He's real salty about the whole situation. Um, after demanding a release and everything, it, uh, it's starting to be a real bad look on what he's been posting on Instagram and whatnot. Uh, but what is for sure is that what we were getting out of the nickel position last year wasn't good enough. 100%. So I'm optimistic. I want to see Shandon Sullivan. I want to see what he's got, uh, see how he looks, uh, see how he is in coverage, most most importantly. Because uh, you can always do different things in short yardage situations. You know, maybe you play DeMonte Casey in the slot. He's really tough against the run. Uh, maybe you even put Keanu Neal up there if you know that it's more likely to be a run than a pass. Yep. Uh, there's all kinds of things that you can do to be creative, to get bigger, more physical dudes up there. Um, but you need somebody that can actually cover a receiver. It's pretty important. It's kind of important. It's kind of important, <laughs> pretty, James. It's it's kind of up there. Um, pretty, I, pretty important. They're saying Pat Pete might get some reps there too. Oh, we need that. I, I wouldn't see mind it. seeing Pat Pete and Nickel. Not at all. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to see it because I know that he's. He, I mean, he's going to outplay most of the tight ends in the league, which is phenomenal and what we need, uh, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But then. Moving on to some moves Steelers made. Uh, currently, eighty-eight players on or eighty-seven players on the roster before they made this signing. They did sign a uh, big name guy, kind of a three-time Pro Bowler, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, outside Correct. linebacker Marcus Golden to a one-year deal previously with the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Yes. Most recently, yes. Most recently, I've uh, been with a few teams over the years at this point. Uh, Pro Bowler in 2016, 19, and also 2021, which is fantastic. Uh, it's so, recent success. It's not like he, they yes. were all 2016, 2017, 2018, and then didn't do anything yeah. since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, pretty awesome, honestly. This is a, a, a guy with a serious resume who understands going into it. I am not being signed to be the starting outside linebacker on being signed to be the number one backup to both guys. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be the best backup outside linebacker that Pittsburgh's had since they signed uh, Melvin Ingram, but Melvin Ingram was unclear on the concept of being a backup Correct. Uh, as to where <laughs> Marcus Golden is definitely clear on that. I guarantee that that was crystal clear in the conversations during the negotiation. We still don't know what the, the contract terms are. No idea what the money is on this, uh, but we'll let you know in the next episode because I'm sure we'll know by then how much he got paid. Yeah. And here's uh, the one we, thing that I'm going to say about any mm-hmm. outside linebacker that gets picked up for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's what it comes down to. You're technically a starter in certain situations. You are, you are playing with either Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt uh, at certain points, which means you're going to have ample opportunity to increase your resume to get sacks. You're not going to call the double teams. You're not going to get those. It's just not going to happen. Um, nope, the other guy will get them. Or Cam Hayward. Like, let's be real. Yeah. There's there's other guys on the defensive line or the defensive front uh, that are going to call for double teams and, and, you know, blitz pickups and all this stuff. Marcus Golden has an awesome opportunity here to potentially – I wouldn't say an, another Pro Bowl year because it's just not likely from a backup position um, in any position, but he has the chance to pad his stats and pad his resume for sure uh, here with Pittsburgh this year. So I'm excited for that uh, moving forward this year. Yeah, I'm just excited about not having to worry about a major one of those for a breather. You know, um, you don't have not, to you're worry. Not, about... You're not worried about a major what? Sorry, say that one more time. 
a major drop off as far as quality of play. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about somebody with this much experience, he's a big dude. He's like 6'3", 260. So he's thick. He can handle the run being um, in his direction. That boy's uh, he's thick. Not- Sorry. <laughs> that boy's thick. No idea. I said that boy's oh, yeah. thick. <laughs> yeah, he's thick for sure. <laughs> uh, but that's what you want. You want a backup outside linebacker that can handle all responsibilities. That isn't a major drop off because for the last I don't know how many years, maybe ten, it seems whoever the backup outside linebackers have been have been a major drop off. Uh, so finally, this is someone who can continue the pressure on the quarterback when he comes in. Uh, and not be someone then that's immediately targeted as soon as he enters yeah. the field. It was basically always when the backups came in and outside linebacker, you either ran to that side or you did some kind of play action with a tight end release and you had wide open players or you just yeah. schemed for it. It's all about scheming on, on offense against stuff like that substitution packages and everything. And, and unfortunately Pittsburgh didn't have the depth at outside linebacker to, to match anything that the offense would do. Um, to attack those positions. And like you said, Melvin Ingram was probably the best one since then. And even then. Yeah, he cried his way out of town. 100%. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Let's call it what it is, man. He cried and said, I'll be here if I can't start. Fair. Not fair, but whatever. (laughs) It was an accurate representation, James. Accurate. Um, It literally was word for word. It was. James, I'm excited about the next guy we're going to talk about who the Steelers signed. Uh, we went to 89 guys on the roster with one more roster spot left and a guy they signed. I don't even know who he is. I'm just happy about it. Uh, Steelers signed. Yeah, why? Und- why? I'm getting there. I'm getting there, James. Holy <laughs> Steelers signed undrafted free agent Cody Crest, uh, wide receiver, six foot and three eights, 193 pounds, ran a four, three, eight, 40 with 16 reps on the bench. Strong. That's fast. Strong little man with speed. We like it. Mm-hmm. 6.77 on the three cone, 38 inch vert with the 10.5 broad. Decent agility and uh, burst there. And James, I'm excited because it's, really it's a Cody. It's another Cody. I'm happy that you we love have these another. Cody wide receivers. I just receivers. like having Cody wide. I was a wide receiver in high school. I just enjoy uh, seeing another fellow Cody have success that I didn't have. <laughs> Quite <laughs> frankly. It's. It's probably bad news for Cody White, but uh, Cody Crest, a a drastically more athletic individual, uh, had six years of college football. Six. Three at Princeton, three at Sam Houston State, which is where he went after Princeton. My guess is to get a little bit better competition on the football field. More than likely. Uh, And and a little bit more playing time, too. Not gaudy numbers in college at all, uh, but a highly athletic individual, at least highly athletic in his testing. Yeah. Uh, So – It'd be interesting to see. I'd like to see him running out there in the preseason. At least we know now that there's going to be competent quarterback play. Uh, hopefully the offensive line holds up enough for these guys to give them a chance to, to throw the ball. But if the three guys throwing the ball in the preseason games are the ones currently on the roster, then these receivers are going to get a chance to catch the ball. Oh, 100%. We probably, yeah. we probably have the strongest quarterback depth in the league by far. Yeah. And it's not, it's not close at all. <laughs> at all it's just not and that's fine all right we didn't mention this before but obviously if you guys have been listening or if you read the description or saw the post on that like whatever it was whether you're watching on youtube or listening to an uh the audio file we are going to go over the cleveland browns draft this is the last week of our three-week um breakdown of all the afc north uh drafts the other teams in the afc north other than pittsburgh 
Uh, we started with the Ravens, the Ratbirds, but then we went to the Bengals, the Bungles, and now we're on the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Buttholes. Okay, so here we go. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland, I don't know. I'm trying to, I, what do you to call them? The Clowns. The Cleveland Clowns. Uh, that sounds better. Yeah. Okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start off. The Cleveland did not have a first round pick or a second round pick. Uh, that is a yeah. fat rip for y'all. Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so their first pick came in round three and it was pick number 73. And it was a guy by the name of Cedric Tillman. Now, James, this is the part of the show that you're going to get upset with me. And I'm only doing it for this one show, this one show only. Okay. Yes. Cedric Tillman is a wide receiver from Tennessee. Tennessee, who is their one of their biggest rivals? Tennessee's biggest rivals? Yes. Oh, no. I think I know what you're doing. I mean, I don't know Tennessee well enough to know who their rivals are, but I'm going to assume that you're about to show a really ugly shirt. Oh, no. James, I feel horrible doing this, but I had to. Just to show support against their player and for somebody in my life who we all know about, and that's fine. Uh, This is the only time this is going to happen on the podcast. We need to move on from it. I'm wearing a West Virginia Mountaineer shirt. I don't like it, but I'm going against a player that Cleveland put their first overall pick, technically in this draft, their first pick on Cedric Tillman. Let's talk about Cedric Tillman. Let's not talk about my shirt. Let's move on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely the uh, the player Cedric Tillman is a good wide receiver, uh, big guy, six three two thirteen, uh, not fast by any means, uh, kind of pedestrian athletic numbers, but he does have a good resume as far as his experience in Tennessee. Uh, so it's a good receiver. This is not a burner. This is not someone that we have to worry about our guys fast enough to cover. Uh, so that means another big pedestrian athleticism wide receiver in Cleveland, just kind of like the guy that they took early last year in the draft. Yeah. Uh, Bell, I think was his name. Was it David Bell? I, I believe uh, so. Yeah. Just a, another big, slow wide receiver. So uh, good hands, good physicality, good experience. He's a second generation guy. His dad played yep. in the league. Yep. Uh, so these are all good things. I'm not saying that I think that he's going to be a bum. It's just, He's not going to be somebody that lights you up for 200 yards either. Nope, it's not going to happen. It's a guy that I think could come in. And quite honestly, I'm not making a direct. He's not even going to play, bro. No, and I'm not making a direct (laughs) comparison. um, But when I look at him and I kind of looked at some stuff this week as I was just bored and kind of watching stuff, um, and his name popped up on my thing, and I was like, okay, Brown's pick. We're going to talk about him. He reminds me a little bit of like how Heinz Ward was sneaky. Heinz Ward wasn't fast, but Heinz Ward was sneaky. And like, I I feel like if he ever gets playing time, he's just going to be a third down conversion type guy. Um, He's not going to be, yeah, yeah, he's not going to blow up any Mm -hmm. plays. I don't think he's going to block as well as Heinz Ward did, but that's beside the point. Um, So again, this is a guy that ironically enough, their first pick in the draft may not even make the team. Uh, or at least he'll make. The I wouldn't team. go that far. Yeah, but he'll. Yeah, he'll make the start. team. I don't think he's really gonna. Yeah, he's not gonna start, and he probably won't see significant playing time. He'll probably be like the number four or five wide receiver on the depth chart. 
uh, barring injury, of course, because they traded for a guy in the offseason, and then they still have Amari Cooper, and then they have last year's second-round pick, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's not leapfrogging all these guys. No, He'll be lucky to leapfrog one or two of them. Uh, so that's that's the first guy, a, a solid pick, but not a huge needle mover by any means, uh, being that we don't expect them to really see the field that much. Uh, their next pick, Siaka Ika, a defensive tackle out of Baylor, is a huge nose tackle type, um, 6'3", 335 pounds with short arms, uh, the second slowest 40-yard dash of all defensive linemen. The only one slower was P.J. Mustafer out of Penn State. Yep. Unfortunately, he showed up in poor shape and clearly did not train for the uh, the combine, which is crazy because Penn State guys usually blow that up. But uh, Siaka Ika was slightly better in a lot of those times, but just not a really highly athletic dude. Um, his last year of college ball was drastically lesser than what his previous year was, uh, which is one of the big knocks and one of the reasons that he was still available uh, that late into the third quarter at pick 98. The third the third round is almost over at that point. Yep. No, so it was the, it was the compensatory the pick, pick. So Yeah, yeah, there you go. So a compensatory pick in the third round early on in the draft process before we had all the information from this current season, he was expected to be a first or second round pick. So that shows you kind of how much he fell off throughout the process through having a, a poor performance at the combine and then a poor, poor senior season as well. Yeah. Uh, but he is a very stout individual who will stuff the run. Uh, but I kind of feel like this is another one of those dudes. That's probably going to be a rookie contract only. And he'll be on another team after four years, but um, wouldn't be surprised if he starts for them and knows it uh, the tackle opposite Dalvin Tomlinson. Yeah. Yeah, we won't be surprised. We'll see what happens. And I, again, this is a guy, you could say this about anybody. I understand that some players make plays for themselves. That's a guy that if, if you put him around talent, he'll be able to uh, be more of an accent piece and play and appear to play better than what he normally would. Um, yeah, so that's you won't move him easily. No. So he probably will be good against the run still in the pros. He's just going to have a tough time with, with success on like stretch plays in as far yeah. as getting after the quarterback that's probably never going to be his thing um nope the nope. next pick massive massive individual dewan six, jones eight. from ohio state six yeah, eight, like 380 pounds yeah 374 yeah. is what he weighed in at the, the draft or the yeah combine yeah uh, so everybody was concerned about his weight through the pre-draft process right because when you're that big you typically don't last in the nfl yep uh and then he unless your name is vince wilford yeah, it's a little different. Um, <laughs> Drastically different. Yeah, offensive line, it typically doesn't work because you're you're too easily, easily knocked off balance. Yep. Um, he refused to weigh in at, at his pro day. Yikes. Yeah, he didn't work out at the pro day either. Yikes. Good job, so Cleveland. He went to the, yeah, he went to the combine, weighed in heavier than they expected him to or wanted to see him weigh in at, and then refused to weigh in at his pro day it was just kind of a bad look uh and again this is a guy that was expected to be about a second round uh, offensive tackle because of the size most teams figured hey if we can coach him up we ought to be able to turn this guy into a starting right tackle in the nfl maybe never a left tackle but you know keep him on the right hand side and, and see what you can do uh so he'll be on the roster he might be a serious project and i would expect that if he does get on the field a guy like TJ Watts is just going to manhandle him. 
Um, yeah. He'll just he'll he'll use leverage on them all most of the day. Yeah. And to put it in perspective, his senior year in high school, um, he was listed as six seven three fifty. So that's twenty five pounds of added weight with an extra inch of height that he put on through college that may not all have all uh, consistently been healthy weight. You can't imagine that most high schoolers aren't in the best shape of their life. And when you add 25 pounds through college, that's yeah. normally you'd see maybe 10 or 15 of muscle with a loss of like 20 pounds of fat or whatever it was. And it would, it would average, average or even out more than what this did. So that 24 pounds, 20, actually 30 pounds, quite frankly, just 380 now. Uh, isn't a good look for him by any means. But again, this is a guy that in the fourth round... It's a fourth round pick. Yeah. See, yeah. see what happens with him. See if you can put him in the weight room for a year like what we wanted to do yeah. with uh, tight end. The tight end from across the pond. I don't remember his name now. Christian Scott oh, Williamson. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, put him yeah. in the weight room for a year. See what happens. CSW. So next, uh, next guy is basically the size that you're looking for already uh, if you're in Cleveland's 4-3 type scheme. Uh, defensive ends in that size are typically going to look uh, size-wise similar to what uh, Miles Garrett is, and that's exactly what Isaiah McGuire is, their, uh, their other fourth-round pick here. Six foot four, 271 pounds, so he's a 4-3 D end. Um, he's got some decent production numbers coming out of Phenomenal college. Phenomenal production uh, numbers. He, yeah, he did well there. Uh, just again, this late into the draft, he's not going to start. He'll be a depth piece for them. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see. I think this is a pretty decent selection for them. Uh, probably better than the two previous picks. Yeah. Yeah. Weird that they, weird that they picked him up that late when I think he was probably better than their original or their pick before that. But anyways, it is what it is. Next guy was their first round or their first pick in the fifth round. They had two fourths that we just went over with Dewan Jones, Isaiah McGuire. And then they had two picks in the fifth round as well, with the first one being a pick 140. Dorian Thompson Robinson, quarterback from UCLA. Now, there's no chance this guy's seeing the field right away as long as barring an injury or something. Yeah. Uh, because they got Deshaun Watson. And, and uh, you know, this is going to be the first offseason that Deshaun Watson has all offseason, all preseason, all this stuff to do what he needs to do to get ready for the year. Uh, but he was a re- this guy was a redshirt senior from UCLA, 6'2", 203 pounds. Uh, they call him DTR is his nickname. Yes. Uh, apparently, it's universally known across the football landscape that it's DTR. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, like, it's short for Dorian Thompson Robinson. Well, I know, but like, I don't know. They, yeah. they, made, they made it seem like a bigger deal. Uh, I mean, he was a fairly well-known prospect coming out. Uh, just because of his athleticism in the school that he went to. Uh, he did kind of stick out in the East-West Shrine Bowl. Uh, he was actually the quarterback that made me catch my attention to the Michigan State linebacker because the Michigan State linebacker kept on running him down. And he was running away from most other defenders, uh, but uh, Ben Van Sumer and it was from Michigan State yeah. uh, kept on running him down. And I was like, my God, how fast is this linebacker if he's catching this quarterback that's pretty doggone fast? Yeah. Uh, so highly athletic backup quarterback. He'll, he'll hopefully, for his sake, 
get a chance to sit and try and learn. Uh, at least Josh Dobbs is in that room. So yeah. you'll have at least one smart guy in that room that can help bring him along. Shots fired. Shots <laughs> yeah. fired. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's intelligence has been in question for about five or six years well, now. And let me put it uh, this but way. It's more as off the field decisions than the on the field ones that have gotten him into trouble. Yeah. Let me put it this way. Um, he, in his five-year college career with the Bruins, uh, this guy had six less rushing touchdowns than he did interceptions. Hmm. Yeah, he threw 33 interceptions on 80, like with 86 touchdowns passing and then ran for 27 touchdowns. <laughs> That's an athlete for you. Yep. <laughs> or just good scheming. One of the two. <laughs> One of the two. And uh, yeah. you, you have to assume it's the latter or the, excuse me, the prior yeah. being a good athlete. So we'll see what happens with him. And I'm excited to see him in the preseason. I'm not going to lie. Uh, guys like this that aren't going to play for our division rivals more than likely, at least, especially in the regular season. It's kind of fun to see how they play. Yeah. Yeah. Next guy, the cornerback, Cody. What's uh, what's his name again? Cameron Mitchell. Cameron Mitchell, the cornerback from Northwestern. Uh, they, they Northwestern. Yeah, they didn't list any height or weight on him, which was kind of weird. Um, I got it. I had to scroll for a while. That's why I wanted you to say his name because now I don't. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but I got the height weight. It's like way at the bottom of the article. Uh, so he's 5'10 and 6'8, 191 pounds. 31 and three eighths on the arm length, which is pretty short 15 reps on the bench, which is tremendous for a corner and a four, four, seven So, uh, good, good speed and strength, uh, decent size, short arms, probably a nickel corner is my guess. Yeah. Especially it's pretty, uh, pretty good size for a nickel corner. Yeah. And they put down as one of his weaknesses that he has to be more consistent with his footwork because he struggles to stay, uh, with receivers out of routes. So again, this is a guy that you have a good route runner on him. You're going to put up yeah. yards all day, uh, which mm-hmm. n- not to say that nickel cornerbacks don't guard route running as well, but you're not going to see as, as smooth a route running as tight ends. Well, that's fair. You're not going to see normally <laughs> as smooth a route running out of tight ends and running backs as you are the, the one, number yeah. one or two wide receivers that they have on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so he could be a potential backup nickel corner for them. Um, maybe starter. I don't know their cornerback room very well. We'll look into that moving forward at some point. Uh, and then they had one last pick in the sixth round. It was their last pick in the draft. Uh, round six, pick 190. Luke Weipler, center from Ohio State. Uh, they kept it in the Ohio State, or the Ohio as a state twice in here in this draft. So they stayed close yeah. to home like Pittsburgh likes to do. Yeah, yeah. And Luke is a guy that some people were real high on in this draft class. Had him as a second or third round type character, dude, uh, six, three, 300 pounds. But the big knock on Luke is the arm length. that is very short, uh, which I am sure is exactly why he fell all the way to the sixth round. Uh, and let's not forget now Pittsburgh's defensive front has two guys with long arms starting. Uh, and then the third one is Larry Joby, who I think would have any issues with a guy uh, the size of Luke Weipler. Uh, so he's going to be the backup. They just re-signed their, their starting center to a three-year extension. Uh, so I don't have any fallacies of thinking that this guy is going to be getting significant playing time, uh, barring any kind of injuries. Uh, but otherwise, if he sees the field in significant time against the Steelers, it's not going to be a good look for the Browns. Nope, not at all. Which we love that, though. We, like, Please, start, start him. Start him. Start him. Start him. Yeah. Start him. Start him. Um, please. Yeah, I'll pay you to start him. I don't have much money, but I'll pay you. 
Uh, with that being I'll said, I'll put five on it. I'll put I'll put I'll put ten down. I got ten right now. Um, but no, with that being said, we can't thank you guys enough. That's going to wrap up this episode. Again, we went over the Ravens draft, the Bengals draft, and now the Browns draft in these last three episodes. Uh, be excited for what's coming forward. We might we're not one hundred percent sure what the next episode is going to have, but we're going to be getting closer to the preseason, closer to uh you know training camp going over all the things that are happening giving you guys the update on what's happening uh, i mean even another update right now uh a player today james had a pick six against kenny pickett in practice yeah yeah mark robinson had one which tremendous to hear that's the one thing that is the big question mark on mark robinson we know he can handle the run we know he's actually very good against the run uh, but the reason he didn't get more playing time at the end of the season is because he doesn't have much experience as a pass defender. So getting a pick six in practice today uh, is a good sign. Also, it's a good sign that it was against Kenny because that means he was probably with the starting defense. Big facts. Um, and that yeah. could have been for a number of reasons. It could have just been to say, say, yeah. hey, let's see what he does. It could have been somebody who was stretching well, or warming yeah. up. And Holcomb's still coming back. He's not 100% from yeah. that foot injury from last yeah. year yet. So, so that could be it too. Tons of different reasons it could be. Either way, we're excited. So again, thank you guys so much for listening or watching if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. Don't forget those five-star reviews. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.